0: Would you make this hypothetical trade if you were the Royals? I'll tell you if I would next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of lockdown Royals on the lockdown podcast network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J O H N Y J underscore 15. Also be sure to give me a follow on Instagram and on TikTok. You can find us pretty easily over there at locked underscore on underscore Royals. Also very easy to find us on all those podcasting platforms, such as Apple podcasts, Spotify, Amazon music, and on Google Podcasts. And when you go over there, be sure to give us a review. If you like the podcast a lot, give it five stars. If you want things to be improved on, well, leave a comment in the reviews. We always appreciate the feedback because we want to make this the best possible podcast for you Royals fans out there, or just baseball consumers that want to know more about the Royals. We want to tailor it to you, the listener, and you, the follower. If you want to know a little bit more about me, well, my entire life pretty much revolves around sports. I worked here in Kansas City, at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a show once a week there. Also, Monday through Friday, I've got a show on ESPN Kansas City talking all things sports, not just baseball-centric. But you have to know that when you come to this podcast, when you click on this podcast, you know that you're getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball. Monday through Friday, daily content. You know, we try to get five episodes up a week. Little bit of a programming note. After the end of next week, we'll be dropping down to three episodes a week. So just a quick step back if you will but we'll still be trying to give you the best possible content so you are filled in with all things royals throughout this entire off season and it's going to be a fun week next week with our final week of five episodes per week we got the winner meetings we got the rule five draft we got the draft lottery hopefully some trades can happen some free agent signings the royals signed garrett hampson yesterday and maybe they're on the cusp of making a trade. We talked about that in yesterday's podcast episode. You can always go back and find that pretty easy on our YouTube page or on all those podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and once again, YouTube. Just very easy to find us on wherever you choose to listen. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, but again, we'll have more on that coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes or so. The first segment we're going to dive into today Is something that I got from Royals Review I'm a contributor over there I've been contributing for Royals Review Over at SB Nation for about five years We go on year number six uh, Going into 2024 But it was a great question that was posed On Twitter And it is interesting Because I want to say It was in yesterday's episode Or maybe it was a couple episodes ago We talked about Michael Garcia And how he fits into the future Now me I really do feel like Michael Garcia is kind of penciled into that same category as Vinny Pasquantino. I think Bobby Wood Jr. is in a league of his own. Like Bobby Wood Jr. is somebody they want to build around and they will do anything to keep him in Kansas city. I think Garcia and Pasquantino are two guys they want to have around. They want to build around, but also those two players don't really have the leverage that Bobby Wood Jr. Does Michael Garcia has only been productive for one year Benny Pasquantino has been very productive, but injured in his first two years. Like Bobby Wood Jr. has shown, hey, I'm a superstar. These other two guys, really good ball players, don't have superstar status just yet. So this question was posed on Twitter, and I thought it was something we could go over. And I think you know my stance on Michael Garcia. I am a a proud representative of the Michael Garcia fan club, as are a lot of the followers over there on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. So I am definitely on the the side of I'm not trading. Okay, the reason I'm not trading him is I think that they are on the cusp of unlocking a star type of talent. Like foolish baseball, who's one of my favorite followers out there on Twitter, he put this out there the other day. Like Michael Garcia does everything well. He has one thing he needs to adjust that can turn him in from turn him into a really good player from what he is right now. Like right now, I think he's a good player. He is a very solid third baseman. But the one element of his game I think that can get a little bit more improvement putting the ball in the air. We know that about Michael Garcia. We've talked about wanting him to beef up a little bit. You know, launch the ball in the air rather than just, you know, burn the ball into the ground or just line drives. I know that's fundamentally what you want to do, but in baseball for a third baseman, getting that launch angle, the exit velocity, you know, just trajecting the ball a little bit higher, you can have a much more valuable player and that's why I think they're on the cusp here. Like if Michael Garcia goes elsewhere, if you trade him somewhere and he taps into that you are going to be kicking yourself for the next five to six years because you have an elite defensive third baseman. You have a guy that hits the ball hard. He's got a good eye at the plate. He doesn't strike out a lot. He's got a strong arm. Really, I think a good comparison to him, if he starts lifting the ball just a little bit more, it's the American League version of Key Brian Hayes. And if you're not as familiar with Key Brian Hayes, start getting pretty familiar. The third baseman for the Pirates, they gave him a mega deal. He's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. He's got tremendous pop. In fact, when the Royals played Pittsburgh at Kauffman this past year, you might remember him hitting this towering, towering home run. I think it was to take the lead in one of those games that Cole Reagans was throwing. It was the Steven Cruz debut, I think, when he gave up five runs and, and one inning was given up, up home runs over the highway, basically. But nonetheless, I think that's a very good comparison. And then you start to think a little bit, all right, if Michael Garcia becomes Key Brian Hayes, and that's your left side of the infield, a Key Brian Hayes type and a Bobby Wood Jr., like that's one of the best left sides in all of baseball. Nobody can dispute that. But What Royals Review put out there, I know I'm rambling on a little bit here, what Royals Review put out there was a potential trade for Edward Cabrera of the Miami Marlins, a guy that is still a very young pitcher, has arguably the most freakish stuff of anybody in baseball next to Johan Duran, with his splinker, as some call it, the the splitter-sinker mix that he's got at 101 or something like that. Edward Cabrera's got a 96-mile-an-hour changeup, 96-mile-an-hour changeup, ridiculous movement, his sinker-slash-fastball, I mean, upper 90s, triple digits. Problem is health has been a problem. Health has been a bit of a concern, and he doesn't have lights-out numbers but you dream about a rotation that includes Cole Reagans and his triple-digit fastball and then Edward Cabrera with his 96-mile-an-hour changeup. Like that's working with elite stuff, elite stuff. But the question was, would you trade Michael Garcia straight up for Edward Cabrera? And my initial reaction was, no. I'm not trading for a guy that I don't know if he can stay healthy. At the end of the day, though, we know the Royals need pitching. And it also begs the question, you know, how ready is Caden Wallace? If Caden Wallace isn't ready, well, then you're just throwing away your cornerstone piece at at third base for the next four to five years for a guy that may or may not get healthy. Like, I know I come off a bit biased with Michael Garcia, and you don't move on from him. And I am, you know, head over heels for the arsenal that Edward Cabrera has. I really am. Like, that is explosive electric stuff and the reason we bring it up or royals review brought it up was because miami is looking to find a trade partner they are actively shopping edward cabrera and i think ezekiel duran was the name that was mentioned of the texas rangers like that's the return they would want and maybe somebody like michael garcia could be enticing over in miami i know they need some help over at third base so it's something that could be considered however i think you really need to evaluate. Your plan for the future and on the left side. Like Michael Garcia just turning 24 years old, being one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. You know the offense can come around. You know he's got time to beef up a little bit. Like that's a multiple-time all-star that you're gambling on a guy who could be elite, could be a front-end starter, but can he stay healthy? I mean, that's kind of the thing here. To me, when you have somebody that throws a 96-mile-an-hour changeup, does that always mean health? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being weird about it. But I always remember with, like, Jacob deGrom and his 96-mile-an-hour slider. Like, part of me is, like, you just can't stay healthy all the time when you throw like that. Now, maybe I shouldn't really say that because I haven't expressed any concern with Cole Reagan's. You know his triple-digit fastball, but fastballs to me always feel different than secondary offering. Like you got like a couple of years where that is freakish, and then injuries can happen and stuff can happen. Now, I'm not also the person that says, well, don't throw that pitch or don't throw it as hard. If you got it, throw it. Right? There's just no way that you just hold back when you have a pitch like that. But to me, the Royals desperately need pitching. Everybody knows that. But that to me is more so of a gamble and maybe Michael Garcia is a good gamble because of the value he has. If the Royals aren't ready to compete, he's somebody that has tremendous value, but I just I don't think I could get on board with trading somebody that I envision at third base for the next 3 to 4 years. And if that offense can take off and the power starts to show, I mean, we're talking about Michael Garcia among some of the best third basemen in baseball. Do you want to give that up for a one one for one trade? just like the Wade Davis for Jorge Soler, like no other prospects included. I don't know if I could do that. I think for now, I would say no. I really would. If there was any other way to get Edward Cabrera, count me in. If it's prospects, if it's Frank Moscato, if it's Ben Kuderna, if it's Blake Mitchell throwing it, like, then we can start talking about it. But I feel like with this offense, when you're piecing together a lineup, one, I don't believe J.J. McCullough wants to subtract from guys that are already contributing in the lineup like I just I remember that being something he said last year we're not looking to subtract guys that we find very valuable young under control I just feel like you found something here in Michael Garcia and he's on the cusp of really breaking out I'm not ready to gamble that just for one guy that may or may not become an ace I feel much more sold on Garcia becoming something than Edward Cabrera on becoming something but hey that's just one man's opinion Leave your comments below on YouTube or on Twitter. Follow me at Johnny J underscore 15. Okay, the next thing I want to dive into is the draft lottery that's going to be coming up and the Royals and where they're going to fall. I know it's all up to odds, it's percentages, but I'm going to tell you my takeaways on why I believe there should not be a full-on panic if they don't get number one, but also a little bit of my disappointment if they don't get the number one pick. Draft Lottery Talk coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuning into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J-15. You can also catch us on TikTok and Instagram at Royals. Before we go any further, let's give a shout-out to the title sponsor today in FanDuel. It's the perfect time to go and create your FanDuel account. So, as the weather gets colder, we know it's getting colder here in Kansas City, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanDuel.com/slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. We're now just about four to five days, I believe, away from the draft lottery, which you'll be able to see on TV. I think it's next Tuesday. All the full you know dates matched out. If you follow me on Twitter again, I'm gonna be putting out you know, where you can find these. Uh, what, what's going to happen on what day next week when the winter meetings start happening. Follow us. Follow us on Lockdown Royals. We're going to have you covered on that. But the MLB draft lottery, I think, to a lot of fans, is the one thing that you are going to stop what you're doing and listen in or watch. If you are a big-time baseball fan, some of you, it, it doesn't really matter. But I imagine if you are listening to this podcast and you are intrigued by some off content for a team – that just lost 106 games. Well, the reality is you care. You care about the draft lottery, and you're going to be on the edge of your seat when that raffle starts going and the ping pong balls start you know, bouncing around and they pull a ping pong ball out and boy, the feeling that'll wash over you if the first name selected is the Kansas City Royals, who haven't had a 1-1 pick since 2006, Luke Hochaver. Hoch was the last 1-1 pick the Royals had. And this upcoming year, I think everybody is wanting to just feel rewarded for sitting through a season like that. You know, to watch a team lose 106 games, never be in it. But seriously. The reality was, the Royals, by the end of the first week, were out of it. They never even remotely sniffed contention. Not even in the first 10 games. They were out of it by then. So, legitimately, when you watch this team from April to September, none of those games mattered for postseason contention. So, you're probably the fan going, if I had to sit through that, you know, a team that was assembled that, Never had any money put into it. Jordan Lyles was out there making 30 starts with his 6.7 ERA. You know, if I had to go out there and watch that, it is all worthwhile at least a little bit. It lessens the sting. It's like, I would say, Neil Sporn. You get a cut, stings a little bit, you put that on it, it numbs the pain. It doesn't completely take the cut away doesn't completely heal it. It just takes the pain away for a little bit. If we see the Royals' name pop up, and they're the 1-1, one, one, I got to say that makes me feel really, really okay with losing 106. Because the reality is, when you lose that many games, you know, 106, you don't accidentally lose 106. At least I don't believe so. You don't go into a off-season meeting. You don't start assembling a roster and say there's no way they lose 106. I think the Royals last year hoped for better, but in the back of their mind, they thought this team could lose 100. I mean, they would have had to. The way the American League looked, you couldn't have any easy outs with opponents you played, just overmatched. There's no way. JJ Bacolo, you know, you had front office personnel when they brought in Mac Quattrero and Brian Sweeney and Zach Bove and Paul Hoover, and even John Sherman in these meetings, you know, Gene Watson, everybody collectively, there's no way everybody in the room said they're not losing hundred. This team's going to compete. I think they thought it'd be better than 106, but in the back of their mind, they thought we may lose a lot, but if we're going to lose a lot, we need to have the reward of we're picking top two. Now I said before the break, It's not the end of the world if you don't pick one, because if we're being quite honest here, the team that is most deserving of the 1-1 pick for what their fans had to suffer through, it's Oakland. And I know Royals fans have suffered the last couple years. What Oakland went through last year is something no fan base should ever have to go through. I mean, reverse boycotts, the owner sells the team, or not sells the team, relocates the team to Vegas. There was not an ounce of competitiveness in Oakland. There was no money put into the team. No fan base should ever go through that. So the baseball gods, if they're looking down at the draft lottery, and they're trying to give a little bit of mercy to somebody, it ain't the Royals, it's Oakland. But again, it's a draft lottery. I mean, it. there's no guarantee the Royals or Oakland pick top two. The Royals could pick third, fourth, and that would really make losing 106 that much worse. Because right in tanking, there's no more tanking in baseball they are actively against tanking. So that's why I'm always for well, build the team to be a little bit more competitive. I know you need top end talent, but trust your scouts that you can find talent at the the 15th overall pick, the 16th overall pick, competitive balance round picks have faith a little bit. And am I sold? The Royals are going to take the right guy at one. Like that's the pressure too of taking one. And the reason I said this before break of I don't want to panic if somebody other than the Royals gets the top spot, because some people would argue when you have a loaded class, and this is a loaded draft class, picking two is not that bad. I mean, the Royals got Bobby Witt Jr. at two, and they would have been just fine taking Adley Rutschman as well. The pressure was on Baltimore, who went with Adley Rutschman, who then became an all-star. And this year, Bobby Witt Jr. was a more valuable player. Than Adley Rutschman. But I think both those teams are happy with who they got. So like the number two pick, sometimes it's a less stressful spot. In fact, I'd say most times it's less stressful. Because when you pick one-one, if that player doesn't pan out and number two does, you look like an idiot. No, if you pick two and the number the one-one guy, if it wasn't the Royals, is a star, nothing you can do about it. You couldn't have taken him in the first place. But it's got to be top two for me. It it has to be top two. If I see another team, other than Oakland, pick ahead of Kansas City. The rage that I will have on this podcast, the ranting that will ensue if the Royals are not picking one or two following 106 losses, it may go on longer than 30 minutes. I may have to do two episodes in one day if that's what we get. If the Royals pick third or fourth, third – About 90% rage. Anything out of the top three, 120% rage. I'll keep it clean. Don't worry. I'll keep it clean. But this draft lottery has got me having knots in my stomach. Because last year, the Royals lose, what was it, 97? Or two years ago, I should say. Lose 97 and draft eighth. Like, that's pain at its finest. Minnesota getting to draft ahead of Kansas City. Give me a break. If that happens this year, if Colorado, who had three more wins in the Royals, like that's probably my tier list. That's my tier list. If it's Oakland and Colorado and then Kansas City, I'm going to be real mad just because Colorado's ahead of Kansas City. If it's Chicago, if the White Sox get the third spot or the one spot, you know, if that happens – I don't know how I'm going to be able to stomach it. I'm really not sure. Because to see this team tie its franchise record in losses and then not get a top two pick, because the guys that are out there, J.J. Weatherholt, Chase Burns, I mean, there's there's the one-two to me. So if I mean Jack Caglione, another guy, that would be a very you know, high upside, but a little bit of a risky top two pick. There's so much talent. There's prep talent. But if the Royals don't pick top two, It is going to be a doozy of a show, which some of you may be entertained by. Let's be honest. You may want to see me rant about it, but right now I'm just starting to get a little bit more nervous. As the days start counting down to the draft lottery, I feel like somebody's got to toss us a bone. Us, I say, the Royals. I'm not one of the guys that expresses it, we, or us, when talking about the team. I don't play for them. But if Royals fans have to suffer through that, I guess we can suffer through it together. We already did it for a 106-loss season. I don't know if I could do it. For the draft lottery after what we just witnessed. But hey, it's going to be coming up next week. We'll keep you posted either on my Twitter account at J underscore 15. Or just on our podcast in general at Locked underscore Royals. Before we move on to our final segment, I want to give a shout out to something we're very excited about in the Locked On Podcast Network. And that's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7. Covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On. Plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Very excited about it. Go and subscribe after watching this podcast episode today. When we come back, we're going to talk about J.J. Piccolo's comments on signing Garrett Hampson. Do we agree with what he said, or are we a little bit ticked off with what he said? I'll give you my thoughts next on Locked On Royals. You are tuning to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore fifteen. That's at J O H N Y J underscore one five. And the last thing we're going to dive into is JJ Piccolo's comments about the signing of Garrett Hampton heading into the winter meetings. And also, I kind of you know didn't really even touch on this at all from earlier today. But the Royals did add another coach to their dugout, or might be in the dugout, might just be around the team but they brought in Joe Dillon as their third hitting coach. They have Alex Zumwalt, Keone Duran as well. Dillon was once drafted by the Royals back in the late 90s, but then he spent time as a coach working with the Nationals when they won the World Series. He's an assistant hitting coach then, and then spent time with Philadelphia in 2020, 2021, and that was around the same time when Bryce Harper won his MVP, which would have been a huge contribution on Joe Dillon's part at least, maybe partial contribution. I shouldn't give all the effort or all the – the help to him or all the credit to him, but he was at least giving some tips and might might help the Royals a little bit more. Just having a different voice, a, a new voice, somebody that could have a, a change of mind in the dugout, and they had been talking about that a little bit in the offseason that they wanted to add another coach. I think J.J. McColl actually mentioned it in his season in review press conference that they were looking into adding another coach to that hitting department, to that scouting department, and they now have one in Joe Dillon. But speaking of J.J. Piccolo and what he had to say about the signing of Garrett Hampson yesterday, this was actually done in an article by Annie Rogers, beat reporter of the Kansas City Royals. And Piccolo mentioned that he's a player they had a lot of interest in over the last couple of years, and we thought about the offseason. We were thinking about how we need to put a team together and what we need, and that's a full roster, a deep roster. The more versatility you can get, the better off you're going to be with Garrett we're getting somebody who can play the infield, somebody who can play the outfield, and obviously fits the right-handed piece for us. Andy Rogers also went on to say that uh, Hampson is a guy that's not going to be playing every day, he kind of provides the depth piece and, and fills the role that Matt Duffy left, so that should give Royals fans some relief. However, we discussed this a little bit yesterday, of the move for Garrett Hampson makes you wonder, is a trade on the horizon? are they going to be looking into adding another piece or two to the pitching department by flipping a Nick Lofton, a Michael Massey, a Drew Waters maybe? Because if you bring in Garrett Hampson, a super utility guy, well, you have some other super utility guys that you're going to need to trade because there's no sense in having a couple super utility guys. I think for J.J. Bacola, I, I should have said this earlier because I would have felt good saying this before this article came out. But I almost want to say yesterday when Garrett Hampson was signed of, I guarantee you the Royals have been interested in Garrett Hampson for like two to three years, just because of the player makeup, the player profile, he's a speed guy. He plays everywhere. He's a gritty talent. And to me, you know, that's something where you look at it and go, man, um, that's the most stereotypical Royal ever. Somebody that values speed plays everywhere. Um, I know they value defense. Garrett Hansen's not that great defensively. In terms of hitting, not the most scary offensive threat, I guess I should say. But he is coming off a career year. Like That, to me, is a good sign of the Royals signing somebody. Hey, you're taking somebody who last year showed I can be a good contributor off the bench. And Andy Rogers also wrote down in the article that they like the fact that his on-base percentage was 349 last year. The team average for the Royals was 303, one of the worst in all of baseball. So, if they're going to be looking for bats, if they're going to be looking through the free agent market, or they're going to be looking through trade, well, you got to find high on base guys, guys that consistently get on base. I'm not just trying to hammer the point of Brad Pitt and Moneyball, Billy Bean, just he gets on base. But that is how the Royals need to assemble their roster. How do you think this team gets better offensively? You have more guys that get on base. What good is it to a team if you're fast, you have speed, and you can't get on base? You have no value, no offensive value whatsoever. But if you find guys that can get on base, it's going to make the whole lineup better. It's going to put Bobby Wood Jr. in better spots to drive in runs. Vinny Pasquantino, Garcia, MJ Melendez, Salvador Perez, Michael Massey across the board these guys will have better opportunities and the lineup as a whole is going to improve we see this all the time with bringing in a new new piece or when they're assembling a roster when you bring in consistent bats guys that have done it before for lack of a better term it's going to make the whole offense better right you can't just bring in guys that maybe did it two or three years ago played well two or three years ago well they can do it again well, they tried that with Fran Mill Reyes last year. It didn't work. I wasn't totally against the signing, but Fran Mill Reyes, uh, his major league career was pretty much all but done. So Garrett Hampson, I don't think his career is done, but I also think he improved a lot going from Colorado to Miami because Miami's lineup was better. Even in a hitter-friendly ballpark like Coors Field, Garrett Hampson didn't have much talent around him. Not that he was an uber-talented player, But lineups get better when you have better hitters around them. Guys that are struggling, like take Michael Massey, for example. You build a really good lineup, guarantee his numbers are going to go up. Hitting is contagious, and when guys have to see pitches, like if if you put Michael Massey in the seven spot and the eight-hole hitter, not a great hitter, but somebody you don't want to see with Michael Massey on base, well, Michael Massey's going to get pitches to hit. You know, that's why they put somebody like Salvador Perez in the four-hole and they'd have a, a Bobby Wood Jr. or Melendez at three because those guys have to see pitches. They don't want to put somebody on for Salvador Perez. So you build that lineup. You make it a little bit more consistent. I mean, I think what J.J. McCullough said is fine. It's a depth piece. They went after a depth piece, the way they're assembling their roster. They wanted a right-handed bat with how many lefties they have. They want a guy who got on base. He got on base at a 349 clip last year. Like, makes sense. But he also says the top priority is pitching. Well, when is that going to start? And one last thing that really caught my eye, Andy Rogers wrote down that J.J. Piccolo said that they were in on some pitchers that signed elsewhere. I think Kyle Gibson makes a lot of sense, Emilio Pagan, maybe Lance Lynn because of his price tag. You you could have brought up a couple other guys, Luis Severino. Maybe these one-year deal guys the Royals were interested in talking with, but in the end, those players either wanted more money, or they just wanted to go to a better fit for them. But the clock is ticking. You've heard me say that over and over and over again. Clock is ticking. you got to start acting on this pitching department because you can't be left with the scraps. And if you do, you're going to be barreling toward another triple-digit loss season. Well, that is going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals and the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. And give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Before we wrap things up, one last shout-out to something we're very excited about, the Locked On Sports Today channel. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Tomorrow, we're going to have our Mailbag Friday segment and get to all the questions that you Royals fans sent me. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.